However, I have to say that I am completely and utterly someone that believes that accessibility should be universal around the world and that when people are making their websites that they put that in mind because you're not just going to have a sighted person learning a language you're going to have someone with a disability as well and that's just as important to be able to cater to everybody not just the select few because you know people who are disabled learn languages too and if anybody wants to go and decide that they would like to subscribe to my podcast, Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast, on anchor.fm. You can do so via Twitter, not Twitter, via um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Store, Don't forget to give me a rating and review and subscribe because the more people who subscribe and download my podcast every week, they also can leave me a message on anchor.fm and I will promise I will answer your message in a future episode and remember language learning is a journey not a race this is chanel patrice hancock of chanel's language learning journey podcast i'll see you guys in the next episode bye hello everybody this is chanel the host of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. I thought I would do a quick episode that really is a fun episode. Um, It has to deal with finding materials as someone that's completely blind, legally blind, visually impaired. Because there are people within the blindness community that often use either regular size print, which would be considered 12 font, large print, anything that's 14 font and above, um, braille, audio, um, a combination of braille and audio audio and large print, braille and print, it just depends on the person. Like, for instance, in my case, I'm someone that was a large print reader, a braille reader, and I also used audio materials as well. But the more my vision declined in regards to my readable vision, um, 
I might be able to see people and buildings and the sky and the moon and the sun, but I'm not able to read print anymore. Or I might not be able to see things farther away than three feet in front of me. Um, So I can't see details that are small in nature, but I can see a car. I can tell you what color it is. But if I wanted to read the back of the license plate, I would have to be about three feet in front of it in order to be able to read it with my left eye, which is my good eye that I can I can see out of. However, I cannot drive, nor have I ever been able to drive a car. Um, I cannot fill out paperwork, um, nor can I read the paperwork. Um because it's too small for me to see. So a lot of times um, I either fill out um, forms over the World Wide Web using text-to-speech software, and I have a Mac, so I use VoiceOver, and it reads everything to me, and I mostly use my iPad Mini, my iPhone 6S, or my MacBook Pro, or my iPad Pro. Uh, in order to be able to navigate uh, the internet and any other application that may be on my phone, tablets, or computer. Um, So, as a result of this, I'm an audio learner. I learn by ear. And I noticed in the past few years with technology growing in the rate that it's uh, expanded over the years, Um, You know, people that are visually impaired are able to now access printed material in rich text format, HTML, uh, TXT format. Um, They can save stuff on SD cards. Um, You know, they can put it within their uh, computers, braille displays. They have thumb drives now. You know, so material can be accessed a lot more easily in that regard if you're trying to access it in English or Spanish or French or you know it might be an ebook that's not in PDF format for which is not as accessible to someone that uses screenware software such as voiceover NVDA, uh, JAWS for Windows, uh, System Access, and uh, VoiceOver for the Mac. So, as a result of that, if you're an auditory learner like I am, you want to be able to use um, books that are audio, not so much on compact disc anymore but an audio digital format like if you go to audible for instance um well unfortunately there are some books like harry potter game of thrones hunger games the twilight series um there are many books that are internationally known that are in different languages And if you want access to some of these books in certain languages, 
You either have to go to a website where the language is spoken, where the content is written within that particular language, and you have to have someone that is cited help you pretty much find what you're looking for. If it's not a Harry Potter book and it's not on Pottermore and they don't have it um, in the audio format you want or in an ebook format that you want to buy for which you have to create an account and you have to buy it from them and then if you decide to cancel the account for any reason you lose the information that you have that you've purchased which kind of sucks however um, if you want to listen to Harry Potter in Russian or Arabic or Chinese you know um, it's difficult to find an audio format and I have found since being a language learner um, that finding audio material in that target language is very, very, very difficult. Um, I actually had to have people pull in favors in order for me to find Harry Potter in Italian, Harry Potter in Romanian. Um, then I became smart. And I decided, let me download Google Translate. And I would go and write in English what, what it was that I was looking for, the title of whatever book. And I would have English on one side and whatever language I was looking for on the other side. And then I would copy and paste. And then I would put it into the browser, the search bar on iTunes. And I would find it then and only then. And this has been in the last, I would say, five to six months. Because prior to that, I was having some difficulties for about a good two years or so. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever had that situation where they have found themselves having to deal with the onslaught of not finding material within the target language that you want, whether it's a fantasy book, whether it's a dictionary. Um, and I feel like as much as technology is advancing, there are still some drawbacks within language learning for a lot of people that are within the disability community that their technology is limited their capacity to be able to access books from other countries in the format for which they would like to access it is very difficult. And I mean, I've had my sighted peers who have uh, learned a lot of languages asking, well, what's the big deal? Well, if you can't read the printed word very well, and you can't find the material that you're looking for, and the person lives in the country for which you are trying to access the information, and you're asking for their help, for instance, and you get pushback because of it, it doesn't help your situation as the language learner who wants a particular book or can't find that book, or for that matter, the website might not be accessible under disability laws, for that particular country 
because they haven't made it accessible for all people to be able to use and that even includes people with visual disabilities that use screen readers or braille displays and this is a problem because it seems to me like people fail to realize the written word is very important. The spoken word is just as important. Before they had the printing press in the 1500s, we learned everything auditorily, and people tend to forget that that's how you even learned your first language, was through auditory methods, not let's write it out. No, that's not how it worked. People told stories from olden days in order to be able to get their history told down through the generations and you learned how to speak your first language from your parents you didn't learn how to read and write your first language from your parents you learned that when you went to school at age five four or five years old but before that you were fluent in speaking the language because you actually was able to listen to what people were saying and repeat it back and if it was incorrect for which you whatever it was you were trying to say they would correct you well you're having as much comprehensible input as you possibly can have the first three years four years of your life now that is a great thing to have happen but as adults we tend to forget that this is the same method that we use in order to effectively be able to communicate with people in a very simplistic way however it's like learning your first language the only difference is is that you're not a child anymore you're not being corrected by adults and you have to find other ways in order to be able to access material that is age appropriate for you to be able to get your hands on and comprehend yet for the people that are in the blindness community especially if you live in Canada if you live in the United States especially the United States I'll use the United States um you might be able to find stuff in French Spanish some Portuguese Japanese, Korean, German maybe. But if you're talking Russian, you're talking Chinese, you're talking Arabic, other European languages, Italian, Dutch, Norwegian, Swedish, good luck. Because the Latino American community is dominated here in the United States. So everything's in English and Spanish. And then every other language after that comes after those two languages because of the large amount of populated people we have that come from Central America, Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Trinidad, Spain, etc. And because of that heavy traffic flow of uh, Latin American people, that's why we have a lot of Spanish uh, material. Yet, we also have French material, and if you buy anything that may be of an entertainment value, you're lucky 
to be able to find it in anything other than the languages that I spoke of. However, there is a large population of other people from the rest of the world that speak other languages. And not to be able to find Harry Potter in an audio format where people can listen to it, whether it's digitally online or CD or whatever it is that you happen to want to access Harry Potter in as an example. I'm just using him as an example. Um, it's very difficult. And I know from experience that I've had to deal with just finally finding Harry Potter in French or Harry Potter in Russian or Harry Potter in Italian, for instance, online. But the audio content is still expensive. It's like $40, $50 for an audiobook that's digital. And some people would say, oh, that's not a lot of money. But when you're on a fixed income, it is a lot of money. Just like, you know, people assume that because you're visually impaired or you're completely blind, for that matter, everybody knows Braille. No, that's not the case. If you're um, visually impaired and you're legally blind... You still can read print. You're forced to read large print. You're not really taught that much Braille. If you were taught Braille at all, it was probably when you were in elementary school, first through fifth or sixth grade. And then you're told in junior high and high school, you're not going to be using this. You're going to be using print. You're in the print world. This is what you need to use. And people's grades start suffering. People spelling starts suffering. All because they cannot read and write properly. Um, and people tend to forget that people's vision changes over a course of time. And so therefore, they need audio material in conjunction with tactile materials in order to be able to function. Whether it's entertainment, whether it's work, whether it's academia. These are the tools that people need in order to be able to successfully be a productive citizen and a productive language learner. You know, I need to be able to write in French, Japanese, Chinese, Arabic, whatever language I'm studying. And at the moment, I'm studying French, Dutch, and Italian, and I plan on studying Egyptian, Arabic, Swedish, and Japanese at some point. So therefore, I have to learn the Braille codes for these languages in order for me to be able to read and write. However, what is the drawback to all this is that here in Ohio, there are no Braille books in hard copy in these languages. So you have to use a Braille display if you have access to a Braille display, which can range anywhere from five, $600 all the way up to $10,000. And no one has that kind of money in order to be able to access this types of adaptive equipment in order to be able to um, access the World Wide Web correctly. And honestly, as a language learner, it motivates me to be able to try to access this material so people would be able to know, hey, this is a resource you can use in order to be able to, you know, find material that you know is fun for you to 